Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today. We wrap up our visit to Indiana with a trip to Indianapolis. We're going to meet Jody and Mark Basor with a band called Beautiful Ammunition. But first, I want to talk about a place out in Colorado. It's called Be Normous Productions. They've been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Van Veerhoeven, decided to get back into that which he loved the most, which is production. After tutelage under Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place in Millican, Colorado. High-end instruments, high-end tools are on hand to make your sound compete with your own favorite records. He has one goal in mind, and that's for you to look and sound as professional as possible. So go make some videos. Go make some records. Be Normous Productions. They're on Facebook or at bnormousproductions.com. Jody and Mark, first, thank you guys for bailing me out. It's such an interesting concept, I guess, this podcast, because when I start setting up, I'll have people say, yeah, I want to be on the show, I want to be on the show, and then like three months, five months, whatever later, uh, yeah, it's just not going to work for me this week. Can we do it next week? I'm like, well, not really, because this is the week when it broadcasts, you know? Right. And I, I kind of got caught toward the end, like, I've got to get somebody in here. So thank you, Jody, because you stepped up and said you would do the show this season instead of next, even though you've got more work coming out next season, you've got enough coming up or enough stuff out now, I guess we can talk about it, right? Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about Beautiful Ammunition. It's a duo, right? Yes, or do, sir. Or do you have a full band that plays with you guys when you go out and do a show? No, we actually play to back tracks that are pre-recorded in the studio at home. So okay. all of our songs, my husband, Mark, does majority of it we do have a drummer that comes in every once in a while or mark finds you know comparable or he'll do himself so if you hear extra guitar bass drums extra harmonies on our backtracks to give us a full band sound uh -huh. but yeah it's just the two of us that perform live and then we play to those tracks which okay. makes us a little bit unique um still gives us that full band sound so right mark do you guys play out at all oh yeah, we played the last couple of years. Uh, I don't know, many gigs, many gigs. Yeah, over eighty shows last year alone. How many? Over eighty last oh year. Oh my alone. gosh! Okay, so yeah, we yeah, were busy. Yeah, you play out a little bit. Kind of me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's get your pedigree here. Uh, which of you have been performing longer, or have you both been performing about the same amount of time? No, Mark, I keep blaming him. It's all his fault. I've been on stage for over 20 years, and he heard my voice, and, hey, you want to create a duo, and that was when we first met. He's been gigging his entire adult life. Yeah. What got you started, Mark? Did you play at bands oh, in high school goodness. and stuff? Or? Yeah, I did, but even before that, you know, my older brother, he's like 12 years older than I, and my sister's 10, so I'd listen to all their albums of the Turtles and Steppenwolf and the Beach Boys and Elvis and the Beatles and, you know, name them, man, Paul Rivera and the Raiders. And, <laughs> uh, so I got raised on some pretty good music. And, um, and what about you, Jody? Who were your influences when you were growing up? Oh, goodness. From probably from Christian artist to country to, I mean, you name it from R&B. I mean, Aretha Franklin to I, I've seen Miranda Lambert now, uh, mm -hmm. Patsy Cline to Tom yeah. Petty. To, when, when, so you kid, array, when, array when you were a kid, when you were a kid, what albums did you buy? What CDs or my first vinyl we record? Still spin records. We got All a great right. record collection. man. Oh, yeah. Great. My first vinyl record, which I don't know if dad, I'll have to ask my dad if he still has it, but he, he bought me my first record when I was about five or six years old, and it was Debbie Boone, You Light Up My Life. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to tell you a story. When that song came out, I was working in radio in Joplin, Missouri. Oh, my gosh. And every time that would come up in the rotation, somehow my screwdriver would accidentally gouge the record, and Ooh. I wouldn't be able to play it. Otherwise, it would be, and you, and you. 
and you and you, oh. and you. <laughs> hate it when that happens <laughs> so did my boss that's why he, he and i had a meeting <laughs> so but that was your first final so uh but Debbie, that's the first one that I remember. Mom and Mom and Dad had one of those big um, console buffet-looking tables that had the record and the yeah. eight-track player in it. Yeah, so they had a lot of records, and I mean, it was Carpenters or I remember trips going back and forth from Florida, and Dad would have his Alabama CD playing. Yeah, the CDs came out. Alabama was one of them. Linda Ronstadt. Uh, uh, my aunt, when we would take trips to and from Florida, she'd have what was it, Aaron Neville and Linda Ronstadt duo. Oh, yeah. Oh, great song. So, I don't uh, know much. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So yeah, just an array of different, plus Christian artists, Michael W. Smith, and um, I trying to think of Amy Grant was popular back then. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, newer day when I was in high school, uh, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston. Those artists were very popular, and I, I really loved their voice. Uh, of course, Mariah Carey has like a flute array of, uh, uh -huh. <laughs> she probably has, I don't know, seven or eight active range, insane <laughs> range. Uh, and I probably, I mean, in my best days, I had a four octave range. I'm probably about three, three and a half now. I came from a family that sang. Mm -hmm. My grandmother passed away. It'll be almost a year ago next month, October. Well, this month, sorry, October. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a year ago, she passed away, but uh, she was a huge influence and taught me everything that I know about singing and breathing and techniques and uh, taking care of your vocals. And what about your family? Did you grow up in a music family? Yeah, my dad had a great voice. Uh, all my uncles they played music. I had cousins that played back in the sixties. I I think there's a cousin of mine, and it was in that Sir Winston and the Commons from around here. Wow, they kind of had a hit. You ever heard of them? No, no, I, there's yeah, they, know, thousands kinda, of bands I've never heard of. No, <laughs> bro, I, they, no, I hear you. Well, they kind of made their little trip around town, uh -huh. around the, I think it was in a little more around the country. But yep. um, where my head went with that when you said that, I immediately thought, thought of the new Christy Minstrels, and I'm guessing it was a similar type of band, you know. Uh, like this a, is more psychedelic. Oh, really? More, more of the psychedelic. Yeah, this was more of the 60s psychedelic. Well, time. then I probably did hear him. That's kind of my remember. favorite kind of music. You know, <laughs> I love like Beavis Frond right now. You ever heard of the Beavis, Beavis no. Frond band? No, no I was no. Uh, I was more of the Iron Butterfly, Grassroots, right, uh, right. Steppenwolf Monster, you know, the long, long version back when I was that age. And then as I got older, my tastes were so eclectic. I got into like Motley Hoople, Iggy Pop uh of dogs and all those guys man it's just that, that was my thing and then i got into radio and i got slammed into pop music and i and that's when disco came out and so i immediately ran over to country <laughs> uh, i don't know some of disco was pretty good abba man they're on the top of my list Abba's i still love some good abba man eh? i'm actually writing a play a musical called run to me and it's all music of the Bee Gees. But oh, instead of but yeah. instead of disco, instead of disco, it's big band music. Yeah, main nice. course. I still spin main course quite frequently. Man. Oh, do you that's really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, of yeah, course, yeah. man. That's a wonderful album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, how did you guys get together? How did Jody? Did was it? Did you go after Mark? Did Mark come after you, or what? <laughs> no, I was playing rock and roll in some bar somewhere. Yeah, we met through yeah, a mutual through friend. There. He worked with the friend and uh, Terry, and he was one of my customers. And they asked me to go out one night with he and his wife. And that night, Mark's band was playing. Well, just we met on January 29th, almost three years ago, and uh -huh. uh, at Christmas. So just a month previous, my dad had bought me a guitar. Uh, oh wow! Finding out from my daughter that that was one of my things. I. Voice was my first instrument. Piano was my second. Uh -huh. I always wanted to learn how to play guitar. Well, when I met Mark, he said that he would teach me. So we met the next day and ended up talking and listening to music and playing. He played his guitar for uh -huh. hours and singing together. And mm -hmm. we just hit it off from there over the next few weeks. And now I still haven't learned how to quite play that guitar. I can't get my fingers wrapped around the neck of it very well. <laughs> he plays a beautiful ovation 12-string 
Oh, and wow. he plays it. And I know it's only 12 strings, but he makes it sound like it's three guitars. I mean, a whole symphony. Well, at least it sounds like it's two guitars. He's it's 12 strings. <laughs> <laughs> he makes that thing sing, I'll tell you. He's broken strings during performances. Yeah. I think two strings last one, right? I've Just played, the strings. I've he, played that same played 12 string out of it. <laughs> since 92. I love that yeah. guitar. That, that ovation, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. My my first was a was a Lyle twelve string, and mm -hmm. the neck was so warped that you could put mm -hmm. a pancake oh, yeah. in between the neck and the and the strings. <laughs> it's so bad, but no, it, 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 you build up you build up some grip there. Uh, so the the music we're listening to, we've got a few songs here. And the first one, "Sexy Redneck." Did you write all of these, Mark, or did you and Jody write them together, or Jody yeah, did you write pretty them? Much, pretty much out of the little. Funny mind to me. That's all him. Yeah. I give all the uh, credit to my husband. He is an incredible musician and writer. We got uh that's three. We got five more complete. Just got to uh -huh. get them. Got to get them uh, mixed down. But they're, right. So where does yeah. your music come from? Do you start? And, and I know every song can be different and every artist is different. Every writer is different. Every writer's style is different. But uh, where did you usually come from when you're writing a song do you say i want to write some music right now or does something just hit you and you say hey and you're noodling around all of a sudden hey i get this and i get this how does how does it work with you i man i don't i've been doing it since i was a kid uh -huh. i've got hundreds of complete actual songs man i mean it and you know I know everybody says this, but you know, if I thought they was trash, I I wouldn't even do it. <laughs> but <laughs> I've got hundreds of okay little ditties, man. You know, I call yeah. them little ditties anyway. And uh, I I don't know. Usually, just come up with a melody in my head. Then uh -huh. you know, Mark, I go Mark with is, the guitar, and I can testify. Mark is one of those that even when we're watching TV, he's always got a guitar in his hand, whether it's his electric or acoustic. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he's just picking along. Commercial comes along, he's picking along that commercial, whatever. <laughs> and you know, and we're picking out. <laughs> it's true. That's oh, yeah, true. It, uh, Beverly Hillbillies comes on, and that's funny well that's actually some pretty good stuff scrap no, uh, you know, we, we, drugs, you know. we look at youtube and we're trying to decide on songs uh, yeah. to add to our cover band you know we started out doing cover songs oh did you um, okay yeah 1950s to present rock and roll classic rock country uh, -huh. uh and then slowly moved into really really honing in on the originals this year i gotcha and what's the name indicative of beautiful ammunition? I mean, obviously Jody's beautiful and Mark is the ammunition. Is that right? Or is it the uh, other well, way around? I've been trying to figure that out for two and a half years. <laughs> 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 I, I got, I got to tell you where that but comes from. <laughs> Cause you get, if I don't know if you know of a, a band called the sound, no, well, listen, man, you got, you got to check the sound out and everybody listening got to check the sound out. Yeah. There's a man in it called Adrian Borland. And in my little world, again, he is probably the greatest songwriter that ever wrote songs to oh. me. So he wrote an album called Beautiful Ammunition, which is about a girl. And um, that's where that that's where that came from was Adrian. OK. Adrian Borland. He died in 99. But the stuff that he wrote, he wrote a bunch of. He wrote for the sound, but he wrote a bunch of solo stuff that was just as good as the sound to me. Yeah. Wonderful I, music. Post-punk music. That's what it is. It's post-punk. Post -punk. Okay. Oh, but it's, it's, it's pretty special, man. Yeah. And then I created the logo. I wanted something that was unique. I wanted something that kind of tied in because sometimes I'll play tambourine or I'll play shakers and he yeah. does his guitar and. So I, I created that logo that it is now, which is on his hat. <laughs> I got you. Uh, or if if you're on our Facebook page, it's it's on there as well. So, but so yeah, the, that's where that's the first time anybody's ever truly heard where the name of our band came from. How you about were the first that? one. Congratulations! Well, I, I feel honored. <laughs> well, but I, like I said, the man was incredible. Go check him out. So the first song we're going to play of yours is called Sexy Redneck. Is that inspired by anybody, anything? Or did <laughs> did did Jody call you a sexy redneck one day? And he said, I'm going to write a song about Sometimes. that. It was a boyfriend of my daughter. And that 
I was seeing her phone one day pop up, and that was the name of her boyfriend on her phone. Oh, Sex Mermaid, okay? <laughs> That's a true story here. So anyway, I you know I get meeting a guy, man. He's definitely you know he's he's a southern boy, and about everything in the story that the song "Sexy Rednecks" true about him. Everything. All of that came from you looking at her phone, and you, she had him. Labeled well, as, as sexy. I met him and I met him. I've seen his truck and you know his trailer and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it boils down to totally making fun of sexy uh, rednecks, but that's okay because we are one too. So <laughs> yeah, we, come from, we come from a bunch of rednecks. It's all right. Well, we're going to play your first song here, and it's called "Sexy Redneck." We're with Beautiful Ammunition with Jody and Mark Basor from Indianapolis, Indiana, and this is "Sexy Redneck." Sexy Redneck with Beautiful Ammunition, Jody and Mark Basor from Indianapolis in a little town of Kansas called Tecumseh. You're going to find a place called Monkey House Guitars. Now, Monkey House Guitars is a small, made-to-order guitar shop. If you think it, they can build it. Some of the most beautiful handmade guitars you'll ever see, meticulously designed and crafted per your own specifications. Nothing by machine hand-laid frets, everything routed and sanded in the shop at Monkey House Guitars. The Multiverse Guitar, singularly one of the most innovative and interesting guitars I've ever seen. Well, the luthier, Mike Thompson, and he does not call himself a luthier, but he is. Anyway, he's got a video showing the step-by-step of him building this guitar called the Multiverse. It's an amazing guitar. And on a side note, we all know cancer sucks. Well, Mike Thompson of Monkey House Guitars recently has felt the touch of what that disease can do. And anyone who's had a friend or loved one go through this, the rigors and sorrows of cancer, you know what I'm talking about. When thinking about doing charities, doing just like a benefit concert, Mike Thompson, Monkey House Guitars, and the Music of America podcast are asking you, please consider a benefit for the American Cancer Society. And check out Monkey House Guitars. MonkeyHouseGuitars.com was there, and now it's not there anymore. So there's, there's some issues there. So the best way to find them is go to Facebook. Monkey House, one word, guitars, Tecumseh, Kansas, if you think it. 
they can build it. Mark, you said you play an ovation. Do you ever play any custom guitars? I can't believe have a, 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 a custom guitar built for you or, no, or built no. for a friend that you wanted to try out. No. Okay. I've got There's, plenty of nice electric, nice guitars, but not custom. Just are you are you more of an electric guy or an acoustic guy? More of an electric person. Uh-huh. And then the the songs we listen to, like we just heard on on uh Sexy Redneck, they're multi tracks you've got a lot of different things going on and uh, sexy redneck was a very busy song and you did all that right except for yeah, the, the except for when jody was singing that's right everything else buddy right. everything that's amazing man so how do you do that how do you layer your tracks do you just start with an idea and then you decide i'm gonna add this here or what's the evolution there man that's about it right there i hear it like i said i hear it in my head i write out the song and Usually go down, lay me a uh, like a drum track machine to it. Then I'll lay down the song, you uh-huh. know, my bass, my rhythm tracks. Get some drums in and add some real drums, and uh, then just kind of, kind of go from there. Kind of think what I hear and think of, like I said, my heroes of the music world. Right. I do a lot of headphone listening. I work in a machine shop and they let me wear my earbuds. So oh, okay. for 30, for 30 years in that machine shop, I've got to kind of study, you know, yeah. <laughs> now, study some of the master mixers in their, in their earbuds. So do you have a full drum kit? Do you have electronic drums or do you use like garage band mm-hmm. drums or what? No, it's, it's, um, it's a real Ludwig, nice little kit downstairs, okay. man. Yeah. Just got a couple nice AKG overheads and some sure fifty sevens on them, and you just do it all, man. It's something. In the uh, studio set up in your house, then. Yeah, yeah, down in the basement. <laughs> well, kind of the whole house I has got, say, got music junk everywhere, yeah. but you know. Even today, I'm like, we're gonna have people over today, or I thought I was. I said, can we move the equipment out of the living room See in the me. dining room? Because it'll be in the living room, the dining room, down in the basement. It's so beautiful, though, you know. So, Jody, how many guitars does Mark own? I was just getting ready to say, and if he buys one more guitar or speaker not. set or speaker, I got a nice oh seventy-five Les Paul, nice American I think the last count, Strat, eleven, nice um, Maybe twelve, nice wow. Dagon. I don't know. I lost count. I don't. I've lost track, man. I don't know. How many cases are sitting in the hallway right now? About seven or eight. There you go. Yeah, you count the cases. They're all American. They're all American. I even got an old original Bill Lawrence in there too, man. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) that's yeah with Sally Body. You know, you know how many you know how many guitars, Jody? You know how many guitars a guitar player needs? (laughs) One more. I was gonna. I didn't even know that, but I was gonna say one. Guess what? His telly. He's got a matching one for his telly that he just bought last year. Yeah, that's what it is. I bought me a matching telly last. American telly, man. That's what. Man, I have been on. I, I, my girlfriend got me a telly for Christmas. I've been on a quest for twelve for a telly for about twenty years. Yeah, and I finally found one that fits me that I can wear that I can play, and I'm and and I don't hate it. You know what I mean? And what? And I, I don't hate it. I'm not, I I just got one. I, I honestly I got this last year, man, and it's not me. I got a nice American Hamer in there too. That's pretty yeah. sweet, man. Yeah. One of the I don't know from the early ninety. Uh, I find not, myself I doing more fit. acoustic though, more acoustic stuff now because you know I've mm-hmm. got I've got a we're up here and I'm in Vermont now. We're up here in the summertime, and then I'm building a studio down in my house in Missouri. And when that gets done, that's when I'll get my amps and get my whole thing all set up, get my rig all set up and so on and so oh, forth. Yeah. That's where the bulk of my electric is. Up here, I've got, I think, five acoustics and a, and a Paul Reed Smith. And then and I got a, a little cheapo 20-watt solid-state amp that's almost embarrassing to play a PRS through, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to do what you got to do to keep that's the chops right. up. So, Jody, uh, do you pick up the piano any at all anymore? I don't get an opportunity sometimes. I mean, there's been a couple of songs I think I've gone in there and Actually, helped out a little not bit. Actually, she's bad, man. She's I'm, not um, bad. I'm not one of those that I play by ear. I learned how to play by ear. I, uh-huh. I can read music, but I I can sit down and pick out a song, sure. 
But you know what? He does such a fabulous job with all of his guitar work. I mean, you heard it on Sexy Redneck. Yeah, it's yeah. busy. It's and I think busy, he's got good. at least three different guitar parts plus bass in there. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, it's already full. No, I concentrate more on the vocals. I, I like the vocals. Learning how to use a vocal box during performance, that's an experience. Right. Um, I never used to like them. Uh, I never thought that they sounded natural. I love harmonies, though. Uh-huh. I love to harmonize. Uh, so if you hear harmonies um, in some of the songs, then, yeah, that's several tracks, too. And I just take it one, you know, the melody and one harmony and then another harmony and just stack it on top of that. So. Because I was leading up to that. The next song we're going to listen to, Dreaming Country, uh, yeah. there's several voices on there. Are you using a, vox or a voice box or are you no, overdubbing no. your own voice? Nope. Yeah. I only use the voice box during live performances. Okay. Uh, when we record songs, it is per voice, per track. Okay. So uh, Mark gets his, I get my melody, and then if I have extra harmonies, then I record each harmony separately. Now, Mark, you harmonize, um, on, this one. You harmonize on this one, too, don't you? Yeah, so it's a two of her and one of me. Okay. Okay. You know, when you get to be my age, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Got to make sure you're hearing yeah. things the right way, seeing things the right way, you know. I mean, he stacks these songs, honestly, with the tracks. He stacks them. And he stacks them busy. There's everything. I think Sexy Redneck had everything and the kitchen sink thrown in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dreaming Country is getting real close. So and Dreaming Country is actually a very melodic song. It's a very pretty song. Very. And uh, so yeah. what's that about? It almost lulls you into like a daydream listening to it. That is my little childhood life story. <laughs> is it really? That's all me, man. I mean, every line in it's true. No kidding. Every darn line, man. Wow. Every line. Kind of mine too. Dreaming country. I mean, except for, I don't, my family didn't smoke in the, well, no, they did. I had aunties smoking in the kitchen too. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I, you know, I grew, grew been, up on country music. For they've sure. been drinking that coffee, listening to that AM dial, man, that old George Jones. Old and George Jones, old Hank Snow. They loved all that <laughs> stuff. Oh yes. Yeah, hot boxing them cigarettes, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember so crying about, man, you guys are burning my eyeballs. <laughs> Well, it's just, often, but it's such a pl- you run out of Folgers. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a pretty song and a pleasant song, and it it paints such a great country image. Wow. Thank know? you, bro. Thank it you. It's really, Thank really you. enjoyable. Uh, and then, and then Jody with your voice and then your harmonies, it just makes that. It makes yes. that song. You know. Thank you. It's really cool. Yes. We're gonna he give it a listen. He what? <laughs> He made me do it. He oh. wrote the song, but he wanted my voice. I got a whole bunch of songs she's going to sing she don't know about. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about another one of those, but right now we're going to listen to this one because it's it's a, a dreamy song, and the song is called Dreaming Country with Beautiful Ammunition from Indianapolis, Indiana.
Dreaming Country with Beautiful Ammunition. I'm your host, Tom Pollard, on the Music of America podcast. Discover your celebrity at the newest, hottest, and most interesting and fun live music show to hit the scene in about 50 years. It's called Flash Jam. Whether you perform live music or enjoy watching live music, Flash Jam has something for everyone. Flash Jam is a dynamic way for musicians to come together perform, and compete for recognition and different rewards or prizes. Whether you're new to the stage or an experienced musician, Flash Jam provides an exciting platform to collaborate and showcase your talents. Musicians perform hit songs with other random musicians who share a passion for the same song. So Mark might like this song, I might like that song, and Jody might like this song, and we've never done it together. Well, we get together at Flash Jam and we perform that song together for the first time. And then the live audience votes on who was the better musical combination. It's a lot of fun and it's called Flash Jam. It's coming to a market near you. Flashjam.com. Welcome to the show. So I was trying in Flash Jam and talking with these guys, we got talking a little bit about karaoke. And that being like one of the biggest things that hit the music scene until this, and this thing, when it takes off and it will take off, it's going to be phenomenal. But we were talking Jody off mic about karaoke and the influence that that had in your vocal training, your vocal background. So let's talk a little bit about that. You you had some karaoke training or something. (laughs) Well, my grandmother taught me it. I mean, I, I was three and a half, four years old when we moved back to Indiana and my dad was in the air force station in Florida and then England and then moved back to Indiana. And from the time of four years old, uh, I was singing in the church with my grandma, mm-hmm. um, singing in the church choir, um, her and her sisters sang beautifully acapella, Southern, Southern gospel music, mm-hmm. mostly. Um, so that was my big influence all through childhood into teenage years and then i got into show choir in high school and the you know girls choirs and competed always won first place always got oh, wow. a's on my music i mean um and then uh, i taught here and there a little bit with vocal but <clears throat> it never panned out uh with schools and whatnot i did have some training in high school for op- opera uh, well college opera uh-huh. pardon me i was going to the indianapolis one of the universities on the South side uh, while I was in high school to train opera voice. Well, I had my show choir background. I had my gospel background with the opera voice. You combine all of that to get, I guess I've created my own sound over the years. Yeah. Um, I lost that for a while until Mark came along, but anyway, uh, moving over the years, my family, I took my whole family sings. Uh my grandmother taught all of her kids, all of her sisters taught all their kids. So my parents to me, to even the great grandchildren, and we would hold karaoke parties every year for about 13 years running. Uh, my parents started out putting it on their back porch. And I mean, we had the monitor and the board and How the fun. backdrop and we put on skits and 75 to 150 people every year. Wow. That's how many family members uh, you know, collaboratively uh, that we would have, and we had great fun with it. Um, this was in your backyard. This is, was in our backyard, yeah. That's some fun. Yeah. And every year we would have more and more people show up, and it was great for the kids, too, because my mom and I were just talking about that today, of how they got over there. All of us kids could speak in public. We were talking about your podcast. She said, oh. well, you you know, you all of my kids speak very well in public. They They all good public speakers uh-huh. well the karaoke parties help the kids get over their fear of, of right. being in front of a crowd and you know what there was no competition during the karaoke all growing up we all had competition of who could be in the most sports and all of that right until so right. you got to the karaoke parties and if the kids were having trouble all the kids would come up on stage and help them through whatever song oh wow they were That's... you know scared of singing in front of everybody yeah it was a great experience not only for me, but I also watched the kids have a great time. And now I've got a niece that is just got married and she's pursuing her music career as well and recording. I've got when, another niece that's in the high school right now in show choir yeah. performing. And yeah, they're big roles. So did you do yeah. shows? Did you do shows in high school? 
I just, did. I so was, just show um, choir because there's show mine choir was and then there's show choir and choir competitions and then church. I was in drama and choir with church, uh-huh. um, musicals, that type of thing. So what shows uh, then, did you do? That's where I was going with this. What oh shows gosh, did you in do? high school. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I grew up in Plainfield, Indiana, Plainfield Junior Senior High School back then. That was seventh through twelfth, uh-huh. um, seventh and eighth, and then ninth through twelfth, all in the same building. Um, and we did, oh gosh, Oklahoma, uh, Greece. Um, that's the two that I can remember right now. What was your biggest uh, role or most fun song doing in high school shows? Well, I was in junior miss and pageants and everything else. So I sang everything from the national anthem uh, yeah. to probably gospel songs have the most impact on me um i got you those were songs that i the whole family like we have booklets every the whole family knows all the songs that we grew up singing all of us do right and uh so we don't skip a beat on that we can all still to this day come together and harmonize acapella and beautifully each I, used and every to, song that we grew I used up to have with. a music stand and it had a little like prayer card but it wasn't really a prayer card it was just a quote and it said, when you sing praise, you're actually praying twice. That's right. <laughs> and I always thought that was so cool. Sometimes that's the only way I know how to pray is through, yeah. my, through my singing. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's the only way I know how to get it across. And that's what music's for. I've made up a palette sign that says music is what feeling sounds like. Oh, I and, love uh, that. I love yeah. that. Mark, your background is so different. Very different. You come from a metal or you know, like a rock and roll and a metal and a punk background, and you meet a woman that sings gospel and show tunes. <laughs> I mean, and explain well, that to I me. I love all kinds of music, man. I mean, I you know, my dad, he played the old, uh, you know, the big bands, the Dorseys, the Glenn uh-huh. Millers, and Man, even up to the end of his days, he could tell you what chick sang this song with this band and no kidding. this and that. But yeah, I grew up in all that good old stuff, man. And then I found my own little things, you know. I, mm-hmm. I love the Ruddles. You know, who, you ever heard of the Ruddles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember the Ruddles, yeah. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, Neil Innes. You ever watch it? You ever listen to any of his little solo stuff he ever did? Uh, maybe but not by name i remember another famous wonderful person y'all want a treat everybody needs a good chuckle and laugh in these days go look at neil Inus on youtube yeah he was with the bonzo dogs and with the ruddles you know and he's buddies with the beatles here and there and uh, actually he was in the magical mystery tour movie i didn't know know the bonzo dogs the Bonzo Dogs, the ba- the band that comes out with the stripper there at the end, you know, right, and right, uh, right. at the end of the move, that's the Bonzo Dogs, well, man. How are we doing? Vivian Stanshaw, Neil Linus, and those wonderful guys. Oh man, yeah, go get it, go get a good chuckle, and it's wonderful music. Neil, that's probably hilarious. one of the greatest songwriters of ever time, man. So let me ask Neil, you this: wonderful this- songwriter. So you write a lot of music, Mark. Let me ask you this. If somebody were to record one of your songs or your album or your library of music, who would that be? I have not a clue, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't never, <laughs> I've never even thought, yeah. thought of that. Man. You're, you're supposed to say Jody. She's over there. You're supposed to say <laughs> me. <laughs> I just, I just try to make nice little ditties for my own ears sometimes, that's, that's you know, fun. But that's where a lot of art comes from, man. It's not you're not doing it for people; you're doing it for you. And if people oh, yes, accept yes. it, then that's really cool. And it that goes to that. I don't know what art is, but I know what I like. And if you get enough people that like what you like, then you're really a successful artist. But even if mm-hmm. they don't like it, if you're successful in your own right, you know, because you like what you're writing, right? Well, I feel blessed because when we came together, and he's got a very unique voice. I have a very unique voice, and the two people coming together and being able to harmonize like we do, that doesn't happen yeah. very often in a lifetime, to be honest with you. We you blend well together. Yeah. And it works. I'll I mean, probably have Paul McCartney do a man. There we go. There, I knew there was somebody in there. I just had to get him out. <laughs> but, now, tell me about this, this last song we're going to listen to. When I listened to it earlier today, 
And and now having talked with you, Jody, there was something about it that kind of had a like a gospel flavor to it. It was something about the choir of angels, I guess. So it's really neat how, uh, not knowing you, that I could pick that up, that there's something about your background that made that all happen, made that all work. You know, because in music, if you're not sincere, if it's not genuine, it comes across as fake. And it came across yeah. like a genuine, like this is a Christian woman. That's what I felt when I heard you singing this. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a comp. I take that as a compliment. Yeah. Actually, this song, <laughs> Mark did. He wrote this song about two weeks before we, we got married in June of this year, June 11th, and a couple of weeks before that, I had asked him to write vows for us. But then we decided not to perform at our own wedding because we would just start, you know, crying or it would just be too emotional <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but then he just started playing around with this song and just came up with this song anyway. And it's just a simple little ditty forevermore. Uh Um, I think inspirations, if you don't mind me saying, uh, what was it? Big Mouth and McNeil. Uh, You ever heard of Big Mouth and McNeil, man? I I remember the song, How Do You Do? Yes. Wonderful killer song. This very charismatic, cute little ditty, the way that they talk to each other in song, if you will. Uh And kind of take after a little bit of that, but also some of his inspiration and some of his of the songs that he likes to listen to, the music he likes to listen to came through on this song. And he picked the words for it and all literally in May, the end of May this year, he wrote this song. We're going to give it a listen. This song is called forevermore. The band beautiful ammunition. song forevermore the band beautiful ammunition with joe d and mark basor out of indianapolis indiana are you in indianapolis or outside of yes, indianapolis you're actually we in live in indianapolis okay yes, in I, you know, I, i've got a house in cedar hill missouri but i just tell people st louis because it's just easier than trying to explain where cedar yeah. hill is yeah. right 
Well, this is the segment of the show I love most. It's called Shameless Self-Promotion. And this is where you guys get to talk about everything that's coming up through the rest of the month of October. In fact, you got a, a show or something tomorrow, right? Yes, we do. We have a show in Lebanon, Indiana. It's at the American Legion in Lebanon. Uh, we've mm-hmm. played there a couple of times. Great crowd. They always have really good food. Um, <laughs> we get to put on our full show with lights and all in that place, too. So people get a nice treat, and they get up and dance and have a great time out there. Lebanon is – we are in Indianapolis, but on the west side of Indianapolis. Okay. Lebanon is farther west of us, so farther gotcha. out. <clears throat> and then, So you're, uh, you're almost in Illinois. No. 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 <laughs> Oh, you mean oh. Lebanon? No, not that far west. Not that right. far west. Okay. About right. 40 minutes from us. Uh, okay. But anyway, um, we that's that's the gig that we have tomorrow. And then in the month of October, we're trying to finish up all of our original songs. We just finished recording, what, five, four or five songs. Uh, Mark can get those mixed down, and I'm going to be focusing on uh, getting that music heard. So yeah. as soon as he gets mixed down and we get him mastered, I'm um, hoping to get on maybe Spotify, uh, maybe YouTube, maybe both, uh, to make it easier for our fans on Facebook. If you go to the Facebook page, that's where you'll find our upcoming shows. We have a couple coming up in November as well. Uh, we do play all over Indianapolis, so we'll be in Lebanon tomorrow. Uh, next month, we'll be in Zionsville and Plainfield. Um, and that's then your hopefully hometown, right? Plainfield is my hometown. Yes, yeah, it is. I'm excited to get back in my hometown again. It's been since last year since we played in Plainfield. That's so, fun. Um, so you don't yeah, have so a, we, you don't have a website. You don't have Twitter. You don't do all that, the electronic stuff. You do have a Facebook account, and so they can find yes, people can do. find you at Beautiful Ammunition. And then once you release your songs, you're going to put them on Spotify, and you'll be able to link to that through, I guess, through Facebook too, or what. Mark does have uh, Reverb Nation, but it's under his profile name, Mark Basor, because he's been on there for so long. Uh-huh. So we do have some of our songs already on Reverb Nation. And I've tried putting those on our Facebook page, but I think you have to sign up for Reverb Nation. It's it's for artists. Artists know about Reverb right. Nation, but most most the public doesn't really know about Reverb Nation. So I that is my goal by the end of this year, by the holidays, I hope. To have all of our songs that we would like to get out this year, we're I think a total of eight, mm-hmm. a total of eight songs that we will have ready to go and up on running, uh, and then go from there. Next year, killing it. We were already at the Indian State Fairgrounds this year. Wow! So uh, last year we had Harley Davidson shows were fun. Um, we had a couple other shows that were just unique and and fun. Yeah, uh, th- that's the thing about this. Yeah, we make a little bit of money, but honestly, come on, the rates have not gone up any. <laughs> we do it for mostly for fun. You know, it's funny. And, I, and the joy I, of it, and be able to share with other people what we so much enjoy doing together. I was in a cover band when I was in St. Louis, and I'm blown away that that was over over 10 years ago, probably 15 years ago or more. And bands aren't making any more money now than they were back then. Not really, no. So no, but I've also been an events coordinator at venues, and I will have to say this for the venues in their defense. Yep. You can only fit so many people in a room for so many hours. They're only gonna spend so much money, same right. amount of people, so much time. You spend much more than that, and you're 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 not making a profit. Right. So I've been on and with with the economy and the way prices are going up at the grocery store is ridiculous. It really is. So I kind of get it. And we're fortunate to still be doing it because we here in Indianapolis area, we've had at least 15 venues in the last two years closed down. Oh my goodness. Or yes, just up and they're gone or somebody died or they had a, they burned out or they had a fire. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, COVID, COVID just knocked the hell out of a lot. It really did. That was the wreck. Yeah, that was I mean, some of these of the businesses that have been around for forty years, why would they close? They're still making a profit, right? You know, uh, just had enough of it, or a lot of places have just not done live music. They don't think that it brings enough traffic in, or people don't go from town to town anymore to follow a band around anymore, right? Uh, but it depends, but we though. have followers in each, in each town that we go to. We have followers in each yeah. specific town, so. It depends on the market, though, because what I'm finding in this podcast is like this market is so different than maybe Idaho. 
And there's a part of Idaho that is just like what you're talking about. Another part of Idaho, nothing like that. I, I talked to uh, one artist. She said that uh, she played one place and she got up and started doing covers and they booed her off the stage. I said, we don't want to hear that. And so she started doing a, a original music and they really liked that. So she went to another place down the road, down the road, playing original music. And they booed her off because it went covers. <laughs> You got to know. I mean, honestly, it really does depend on where you're at. You got to know your crowd or at least I like to go and talk to my crowd before we start. I want to know what they like. I want to know what they're looking for, because Uh what if they're not the type of crowd to listen to? Maybe they don't want to hear Patsy Klein and Johnny Cash. Maybe they want to hear Tom Petty and Oasis. I don't know. Right. Uh, You know, maybe they're not big country fans, but they like the rock and roll version and the Beatles stuff. You know, so getting to know your crowd, I definitely, please don't yell at me and ask for Leonard Skinner. We're not going to play Leonard Skinner. It's not on our set list. It's <laughs> so, <laughs> become a joke good. anymore. We could, but you know what? We're just not your typical bar band either. Right. right. Um, you know, the late night, drinking all night. No, thank you. We yeah. really enjoy the family friendly festivals and fairs and pubs and restaurants right. and Wineries. Places that all just can go to. So, wineries are yes. so much fun. Wineries are great. Wineries. Uh, you know, you're there yeah. a couple hours in the afternoon. You go home. And you you still have Sunday dinner. <laughs> so much fun that's, at the winery and the vineyard. kind of gigs. We yes. love those. Because yeah. it's nice. Because then you have, if there's a festival going on, you've got people filtering in and out for over two hours. They just come in, taste their wine, and then they get their wine and leave. There you go. <laughs> Buy their bottle and leave. Well, Mark, Jody, thank you. It's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast and uh, good fortune. And Mark, keep right, man. And Jody, keep singing. Oh. It's a great combo. Yes, thank you so much. Thank, thank you thank so you. much for having us. It was really enjoyable. This it was, was unique great. for us. It was great. So uh, that was Beautiful Ammunition, our guest today on the Music of America podcast. That wraps up our visit to Indiana and the Music of America podcast. Join us next week. We're headed to Iowa. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.